Welcome to the Net Gain Club podcast. Today I'm here with John Hurst, who is a pensions expert. We've got so much exciting content for you in this episode. It really is an eye opener. Every time that I talk to John, it blows my mind. There are so many ways that we can actually turn our pensions into a resource to help us grow our property portfolio. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Hi, John. Welcome uh, to the podcast. Ah, uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And we've got a load of stuff to go through today. It's a, it's a, a, a pretty rich topic and I'm really looking forward to delving into your expertise about all things pensions and property and how the two things can work hand in hand. But before we get into the really juicy stuff, it would be great to just understand a little bit more about your background, how you got into pensions, and in particular, how you got into supporting people in property with their pension planning. Sure. Yeah. Um, so my background um, used to work for two different pension companies, okay. two different SIP and SAS providers. Yeah. Um, so SIP stands for self-invested personal pension. Yeah. SAS stands for small self-administered scheme. There's lots of acronyms. Well, there's lots of acronyms in property, isn't there? But yeah. In pensions as well. Too many TLAs. Yeah. <laughs> Three letter acronyms. Yeah. Or in this case, four. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, th- I thought it important just to get that there because we will be dipping them out of SAP and yeah. SAS a lot probably throughout right. this uh, yeah. throughout this chat. Um, so background, work for two SIP and SAS trustees on yeah. sort of the sales support technical side. So a lot of clients ringing in um, or advisors saying, can I do this with my pension? Can I do that? So yeah. a lot of reading the rule book, which unless you've got insomnia, you know, <laughs> I probably probably wouldn't recommend that you're doing. Um, and then about 10 years ago, it was at the point where it was either go and be a business development manager for uh, pension companies. Okay. So promote SIP and SAS directly um, yep. for, on behalf of the providers or um, kind of make the jump do the exams, become a finance advisor and sort of help clients directly sort of achieve their goals, really. Yeah. And um, so sort of having that that background and knowledge of kind of working from the administrator and the trustee side. Yeah. It's really great because then when you sort of transition over to, to sort of the advice side and working directly with clients, yeah. you know what the trustees and administrators, where sort of their mindset is yeah. and what they're looking for. So... It's been great, really, to sort of sit in that middle part, really, and just be like, well, I know what you're after. I know what they're after. Let's try and find a way in the middle of of doing that. Um, The property niche um, kind of goes hand in hand with Sip and Sass, which I'm sure, you know, throughout the podcast, hopefully I'll give you some nuggets that we can all take away and uh, and kind of help everyone on their journeys. Um, When I started working at Charles Dean Limited... Mm. um, the gentleman that owned it at that time, yeah. he was a property investor. Yeah. He sort of had 30 or 40 properties. Okay. Um, so really sort of his background in property and knowledge, my background of pensions and the knowledge there. So you brought the two together. Yeah. Yeah. It was, okay. a, it was a great little synergy, really, because yeah. it is quite a niche area. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's technical. Yeah. Um, and. You know, I apologise sort of in advance that <laughs> there might be some of that through this, but some of it's unavoidable. Yeah. Um, but actually, if you sort of actually sit down and, and spend the time and, and sort of figure out what you can do and, and some of the opportunities that you've got yeah. um, to use your pension on your property journey, then actually there's some really, really beneficial, hesitate to use the word sexy when it comes <laughs> to pensions, but, you know, pensions get a bad rep and... A lot of the time, probably quite rightly so. But that must be quite rewarding, though, right? Like, there's, it, it, like you say, it can be uh, the, the content itself might be a little bit dry, but you don't know what you don't know. And I guess through the work that you do with property investors, you're, you're genuinely able to change people's lives. And there must be some people who are just blown away by the fact they didn't know that they could be doing things that much more, whether it's tax efficiently or they could even be accelerating their own property investment portfolio using their pension plan so it must be quite rewarding to like you know lift the lift pull the curtain back i guess on some of this stuff yeah and and i love that phrase i use that phrase quite a lot yeah. and you don't know what you don't know yeah 
Um, and that's why you know, there is great job satisfaction. Yeah. yeah. Because if you can be presented with a problem, yeah. Or I like to call them challenges. Yeah. You know, problems. Yeah. Probably yeah. a negative way yeah. of looking at it, but challenge can be overcome. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can kind of get someone from position A and get them to, to where they want to be in position B. Mm. Um, yeah. The, 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 the job satisfaction there. Um, and also it's, it's about education uh, mm. as well. Um, you know, pensions, I suppose, historically have been viewed as quite a, a droll yeah. sort of topic, really. But you know, if I can enlighten people, um, much like yourselves, really, mm. you know, and, and sort of the education that you bring to people. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of um, sort of reciprocal work there where, you know, you must see it a lot with, yeah. with sort of your, your subscribers and, and your viewers yeah. where, you know, you're telling them something, you go, ah, the light bulb moment kind yeah. of comes on. And, yeah, it's, it's fantastic to see. And it's relevant to pretty much anybody, isn't it? I know that they're... There's so many people out there, there may well be people that are listening to this episode that are thinking, oh, pensions, you know, I'd have to worry about that for a while. You know, that's a lot further down the road. You know, my property is going to be my pension and all, all that kind of stuff. When actually, I'm, I'm assuming this is the case, but the sooner that people can start to get their their planning in place and start to get their their, their ducks in a row, as it were, that's going to make things easier and potentially going to create more options further down the line. Would that be right in saying? Yeah, definitely. Um, I sort of liken it to like the snowball effect. Okay. You know, one pound becomes two pound. Yeah. Two pound becomes four pound. Yeah. Four pound becomes eight pound. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the, the earlier that you start that journey, the yeah. longer that you've got for, for that to grow sure. and work for you. Yeah. But, but equally, you know, it's not just necessarily about what pension you may or may not have. Yeah. It, it's you know, you might know someone that's got a pension yeah. or you might have a family member that's got yeah. a pension and, you know, they might be saying to you, oh, the stock market's in turmoil at the moment. Yeah. You know, my investments are down 5% in a week. I've got no control over it. Yeah. Well, you know, there's some great ways out there where you can take back that control. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's a really good point, actually, and we should probably put that front and centre fairly early on in the episode because there might well be people that have tuned in to listen to this who maybe they don't have a pension or for whatever reason are thinking, well, this isn't relevant to me. But even if you don't, even this isn't your own pension planning, then it's still very important for us as property investors and people operating in that space to be at least aware of how pensions can be used to invest in property, right? Because we talk a lot about raising money. We talk yeah. a lot about angel investors. And actually, you know, there will be people out there, friends, family, contacts that you make who have pensions who, like you say, they don't have full control over it or they don't understand what options they have with regards to their pension, which if you can help them see those opportunities just through your own education and awareness, yeah. there may be win-win scenarios you can create for people. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose without giving too many spoilers away, <laughs> straight away, um, we'll definitely go on to uh, explore some of those options. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So let's reel it back in. Let's, let's cover off some of the basics. Yeah. So there are lots of different types of pension. Yes. Um, but only a few, a small number, we've alluded to a couple already, are applicable, if you like, to property investment. So yeah. tell us a bit about those and a bit about the mechanism by which you can invest in property with certain types of pension. Sure. Um, before we do, just to sort of put the, the regulatory yeah. hat on Go to, for it. to start yeah. with, um, <laughs> anything that, that we're going to discuss um, yeah. doesn't constitute financial advice. Yeah. Um, it's more giving you ideas of what you can do and what the options are available sure. to you. Yeah. Obviously, anything that we did discuss um, if anyone were to want to look at doing something or, yeah. or exploring that further, it's all down to sort of personal circumstances. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So we need some disclaimer alarm. Don't we we, we do. Yeah. So get, get the sirens <laughs> yeah. going. Up. Um, and uh, my destroying the place as well. No, um, so put a warning sign there yeah. really as well. Um, so yeah. No. Take take that hat back off now. Now we can we can cool. we can talk. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, Basically, with pensions, you've got three main types okay. um, that, that, that can kind of be pigeonholed into. Yeah. Um, you've got your um, state pension, yep. which uh, you get, maybe, <laughs> if it's still around yes. when you get there, um, you get what you're given. There's nothing you can do about it except for paying national insurance contributions. Yeah. Um, so for the purposes of all of this, forget about it. Yeah. Okay. Then your personal pensions broadly fit into two categories. Yeah. 
um, the, the technical name for them are defined benefit pensions and defined contribution pensions. Okay. okay. Defined benefit pensions, people will probably more commonly know them as final salary pensions. Yeah. So, um, or a superannuation. Yeah. Um, phrases that people may have yeah. come across. So if you work in the public sector, you know, you, you may have one of those. So the local government, um, the police, the fire, yeah. the, the NHS, potentially. Um, but they're a lot less common nowadays. And they are probably a whole podcast topic on sure. their own, to yeah. be honest with yeah, you. Yeah. Um, the bit that we're going to focus on today yeah. um, is defined contribution pensions. Yeah. Okay. Um, so within that, they can be split generally in, into three different sections. Yeah. So you've got personal pensions, you've got SIPs, yeah. self-invested personal pensions, and you've got SAS, okay. small self-administered scheme. Yeah. I liken them to um, a personal pension is like a Ford KA. Yeah. You know, does what it does, not pretending to be anything else, quite limited, but gets you from A to B. Yeah. A SIP is probably... More like a Ford Mondeo, you know, it, yeah. it's a bit bigger, yeah. bit shinier, might have cruise control, yeah. you know, does a bit more. Okay. And then your SAS is a bit like a Rolls Royce. Yeah. Okay. So each different one will let you do different things. Cool. Um, most people by default will have a personal pension um, because auto enrollment legislation came in about 10 years ago where um, workplaces had to automatically put That's you right. into a pension yeah. scheme. So more often or not nowadays, people will have yeah. or will have had a, a personal pension. And will it be obvious to them what type of pension they've got? How do they go about just thinking about the practical housekeeping side of things sure. to understand exactly as some people will have just, maybe like you say, the workplace has been paying into that. How do they know what scheme they've got and... Mm. I don't know, there might be people out there who've got multiple pension schemes, right? So what, yeah. what would you recommend to people on that front? Um, so thankfully, because we're in a world of full disclosure now, yeah. um, somewhere within those 30 pages worth of paperwork that they send through to yeah. you, it will say it. But right. um, unless, you know, if I had a pound for everyone that said it's in a drawer, yeah. you know, it's in that <laughs> safe place, oh, it's yeah. still in the envelope. Yeah, You know, because I think a lot of people view pensions as, Oh well, I'm not going to get it till I'm yeah. sixty. I'll odd. worry about that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just think about it then. Yeah. Um, I would probably say by default, it probably is a personal pension. Yeah. Um, the best way to check though would be to you know, speak to someone like myself. Okay. And, and yeah. we'll very easily be able to tell you. Do a bit you. of an audit. Yeah, we'd, yeah. We'd probably know just from the provider. Okay. Um, you know, if you've got a nest, if you've got a people's partnership, mm. if you've got a now pension, legal and general, Scottish widow, standard life, mm. Aegon, the usual suspects, it'd yeah. be a personal pension. Okay. Yeah. So how, what's the mechanism then for um, being able to purchase property using a pension and sure. what types of property can you buy with a pension scheme? Okay. So um, to save me doing all the work here, uh, <laughs> what, 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 what do you think? What's, uh, well, I, surface level. So yeah. my understanding is that through with a SAS pension, you can purchase commercial property, but not residential property. Um, that's, um, I guess, the most clear cut way of purchasing property using a pension scheme. Yeah. But I know also there are various more flexible ways that you might be able to do a loan back to your limited company etc uh, to use that as a vehicle to buy property um so that's my kind of surface level understanding but would that be am i am i close yeah, yeah. You, you didn't realize it was going to be an exam as well did oh, you? Exactly. <laughs> yeah put me on the spot uh, like um, no but yeah exactly yeah. You, you know you almost do my job for me this episode is brought to you by npp developments your go-to partner for seamless renovation, construction and land development projects. Whether it's a small refurbishment or a grand construction of an investment property, they'll make your vision a reality while staying within your budget. With expert knowledge and a friendly approach, NPP Developments crafts projects to perfection tailored to your specification. Their dedicated project managers guide you every step of the way, ensuring transparency and quality. To find out more, visit northernpropertypartners.com forward slash podcast. <laughs> um yeah so pensions yeah. can't buy residential property okay okay yeah. it, it's flat 
No. Yeah. And you're looking at a 40% unauthorized payment tax charge if you do. Right. So quite severe yeah. penalties. So um, that's pretty clear cut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, where it gets a, a little bit less clear cut and a bit more grey, mm. um, because in in its infinite wisdom, the pension scheme's tax manual is, is quite grey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, things such as um, HMOs, homes of, of multiple yeah, occupancy, yeah. or service accommodation, Yeah. they sort of draw that grey line yeah. where... It may have a commercial land use. You, yeah. you may even have a commercial mortgage yeah. on it. You may even be running it as a, as a commercial business. Yeah. But for the purposes of pensions yeah. and, and purchase through a pension scheme, yeah. they're deemed as residential. And that even extends to things like hotels, apart hotels, doesn't it, from what I understand? Um, Although that's probably even more of a grey area. Uh, yeah, we love a grey area. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I did used to have a full head of uh, black hair. No, Um Hotels are okay. Okay. Um, bed and breakfast. Yeah. Grey. Yeah. Um, apart hotels, even greyer. Yeah. The rationale behind that is that, um, say if you've got a manager's quarters yeah. in there, um, HMRC could make the argument that someone could live there. Yeah. So they would then take sort of the, the balance of probability and... and yeah. Well, you've got to think about it. The HMRC haven't got the staffing levels to go and look at every single yeah. property that a pension may or may yeah. not own. So so they just sort of take it as a view, well, if someone could live there, yeah. then we're going to say it's residential and yeah. kind of make our life a bit easier, yeah. really. Um, so what I'd sort of say is, you know, if it looks like a cat and sounds like a cat, <laughs> it's probably a cat. But that's the difficult thing, isn't it? I think... One of the things that, um, without taking us fully down a service combination rabbit hole here, yeah. but one of the things that is that is missing in a sense is any kind of formal central definition yeah. of what a hotel is. Yeah. And I've seen lots of arbitrary um, criteria um, to do with does it, you know, do they serve food and and things like that to, to define it. But there's not really any no set in stone definition of what hotel is or isn't so i guess it's yeah. down to the, the the pension providers to in a sense draw their own conclusion as to where it sits for them absolutely yeah nail on the head yeah. and that's where it's vitally important to make sure you've got the right administrator and trustee yeah um because that's where because the rulebook is, is fairly vague and yeah. open to interpretation yeah um what one trustee and administrator will let you do yeah another won't yeah um so uh, uh, and that's uh, i suppose where someone like myself would come in yeah so having the knowledge of of which providers are open to a hotel which yeah. providers are open to doing a loan back yeah you know which ones will allow what and yeah it's almost a case of kind of coming to, to someone such as myself financial advisor and saying well this is what i want to achieve yeah um, this is my goal. I want to buy said hotel. Yeah. How do I do it? Yeah. Really? Um, in the back of your mind, the, 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 sort of the golden rule, I suppose, to, to take away from it is, um, and what HMRC would look for is, is it self-contained? Yeah. Okay. And, and that's where HMOs and service compensation usually kind of yeah. fail yeah. in that you, you would make the argument that they could be self-contained. They could be, uh, with some some adaptations potentially, they could be residential dwellings again. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what's the... So service accommodation, so we, there, there's a potentially a little bit of a, a grey area there, but straight out commercial property is yeah. fine. Yeah. And what's the mechanism for that? Is it as simple as your SAS pension is, is a legal entity of its own that that will buy the property pay the deposit what can you what can and can't you do i guess with it yeah so um any commercial so office um shop pub yeah. factory you name yeah. it we, golf course storage in industrial pass yeah. yeah yeah um anywhere with this commercial element you're you're okay yeah uh, I suppose the irony behind it is you could live in an office. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. That's a rabbit yes. hole that we probably yeah, don't yeah. need to, yeah. to go down. Um, so with commercial property, if it's yeah. if it's just straightforward commercial property that you want to buy, yeah. um, you can do that in, in a SIP or a SAS. Okay. So um, you, you wouldn't necessarily need to have a SAS to buy commercial okay. property. Yeah. Um, you may want to. Yeah. 
um, because um, SIPs and SASs are regulated differently. Mm. SIPs have a much tighter regulation surrounding them. Right. So your your flexibility in what you can and can't do in a SIP yeah. um, is a lot more strict than okay. it would be necessarily within a SAS. Yeah. Okay. So that's worth bearing in mind. Yeah. Um, and the mechanism for doing it, so a pension, um, whether it be SIP, SAS, personal pension, yeah. um, final salary, it's its own trust, okay. essentially. So yeah. absolutely right, yeah, it's, it's its own legal entity. Yeah. Um, so what that means is that it, it, it's your pension, but it sits outside of you as its own entity, which yeah. which is brilliant when you come to talk about things um, like death benefits and, and it falling outside of your estate, which probably jumping ahead, we'll, we'll probably come on to, to cover that a bit yeah. later. Um, so... Pension scheme. So let's say it's my pension. So it'll be pension scheme of John Hurst, um, and it will have its own um, registration with the revenue. Yep. It'll be its own entity. Um, so in that sense, that it will then become the owner of the property. So the title deeds will read owned by pension scheme of John yep. Hurst. Um, so again, there the pension then becomes the landlord. Okay. Um, so um, any rent um, then goes into the pension scheme. Yeah. Um, and it's it's basically a closely loop system there, yeah. Like it would be, say, if it was owned by um, a limited company, yeah. So you know, if you if you've got your properties through a limited company, the rent is collected by the company. The company is the landlord, yeah. Exactly the same principle. So my investor ears are pricked up now because <laughs> th- this is a great way to make your pension work for you, right? Yeah. Because essentially, you can invest that in bricks and mortar if you like but then actually use that to generate an income stream back into your... So you're, you're in effect, you're topping up your pension pot. Yep, and to add another sort of golden ticket mm. on top of that as well, um, your rent, say if you um, purchased a, an office to, to run your um, estate agency yep. through or yep. you know, your, your business, uh, and you're the tenant, your business is your tenant, then that rent that is paid into your pension is a tax-deductible business expense. Okay. So not only are you reducing your tax liability, yeah. but you're topping up your pension, yeah. which grows tax-free. Yeah. So, so it's very efficient, isn't it? Uh, from a tax perspective, it's it's excellent. Yeah, yeah. And it also takes that asset outside of both your personal and business assets. Yeah. So it's ring-fenced okay. outside yeah. of outside of your, your own worth, yeah. basically. Um, so touch wood, but if anything were to happen, yeah. it's, it's separated from that. So Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's fantastic. We, we see that quite a lot, actually. We, we've done that quite a lot with, with clients in the past where um, they've got their own business. Um, to sort of take it a step even further, um, to sort of peel back that onion yeah. even more. Um, if you make contributions into a pension scheme, you get tax relief. Yeah. Okay. So if you make them personal, you'll get personal tax relief. Yeah. If you make them from a company, the company can get corporation tax relief. Yeah. So if where we've done it in the past is where the company has paid a contribution into the pension. Yeah. Um, got the corporation tax relief within the business. Yeah. And then purchased a property. Yeah. So let's say uh, that company already owns an office. Yeah. The pension is then buying that office from the company. Okay. So those funds that you just put into the pension to get the tax relief on. Yeah. Are going back into the business because you've just purchased sure. the asset from it. Yeah. Um, and then your rent going forward yeah reduces your corporation tax even further but it's all going into your pension yeah this is pensions wizardry (laughs) once you sort of break it down into the level yeah you you can get very very sort of smart with with how you run it and and like i said that's that's quite a common i think people will probably be surprised actually how many commercial spaces are actually owned by pensions do you ever get frustrated do you ever sit in front of property investors who've maybe got portfolios or whatever and think oh you could be doing that so much more efficiently or you know if you'd have only known x y and z but i guess that's where you you would come in right yeah yeah and if i had a pound i I would probably be on a beach (laughs) yeah you know sipping a pina colada yeah Um, you'd have only done it that way (laughs) yeah i I always say to people that as long as you talk to me in advance yeah there'll be a a way of, of doing it yeah if you tell me in hindsight, yeah, then it's difficult to to reel it back and restructure, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it's important to sort of go open with eyes open. Yeah, 
um, say, this is my plan. This is what I want to achieve. Um, yeah, and it's um, with a bit of foresight and a bit of planning, there, there's some really exciting stuff that you can do. Um, your pension as well, I suppose it's worth, worth noting. Yeah. That, um, and this is probably important for, for a lot of the people listening and watching. Yeah. Um, your pension doesn't need to own a property outright. Okay. It could joint venture. Right. Um, so if there's a couple of you, yeah. So if you're sat there today thinking, oh, well, I, I've only got a little bit of my pension scheme. It's not enough to buy me yeah. a, a, a property outright. You could team up with someone else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it does, in that sense, just does act as a legal entity, yeah. essentially an individual. Yeah. And so that, that opens up some scope for conversations as well, doesn't it? That's really interesting. Yeah, definitely. Because like I say, bringing back to your point earlier where, you know, there, there might be people who are quite early on in, in the property journey yeah. and thinking, oh, well, kind of stuck in a bit of limbo yeah really I, i've got this pension that i've built up from previous employment yeah but i've not got enough to to go out right um what can i do and a lot of people will have come into property investment from previous employment you know it's fairly unusual that 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 uh, i would love to have gotten into property earlier and you know picked that up but a lot of people will come through from employment and they may not have considered, they may be sat there thinking, I don't have money that I can invest. How can I get started? Oh, sorry. I thought you were <laughs> right. waving. No, to me to... It, totally fine. <laughs> Action photo. Uh, action yeah. photo. Oh, sorry. Okay. No, that, that's, that's, that's my fault. Anyway, I, I saw you out the corner of my eye. I was like, did <laughs> you want to get me? Our attention. No, no, sorry. I, I shouldn't really... Uh, no, 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 no that's, my that's my fault. No. Um, yeah, people... People will be coming into property having had previous employment yeah. and they may not be aware that they can utilize their, their pension pot. Yeah. Um, so that's really, there's, there's lots of options for people there already that we've kind of gone through. Just um, talk us through the loan back sure. thing because, yeah. you know, I know that I'm, I'm aware of that, but it'd be good to get a little bit more detail from you about how the loan back works because this is a different mechanism, right? Yeah, and it, it's one that is um, getting a lot more common. Okay. Um, and it's a lot of the conversation that I have yeah. nowadays is... is um, people realizing that you can actually use your pensions in a different way yeah okay so you've got your straightforward purchase yeah okay so if a pension owns a property it can only own commercial property yeah so what you might find though is that a lot of property investors and property professionals they're focused purely on residential residential yeah okay so might be listening to this now saying okay well that's great you know i'm not really interested in commercial property my focus is residential yeah yeah i haven't got any options well, you have. Okay. So um, that's a good point. So keep listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically what you can do from a pension is you can make a loan back. Okay. To do that, you can only do that in a SAS. Okay. Okay. So this is sort of where the Rolls-Royce yeah. part of the SAS yeah. comes in. Extra features. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So a SAS will allow you to loan money back to your business. Okay. Okay. Now, the rule there is that that loan has got to be for a genuine business purpose. Mm. Okay. But if that business is a property investment business, yeah, yeah, much like if you ran a, um, I don't know, a, a sheet metal company, and yeah, you know, you wanted to loan the money back to buy a new machine, yeah, yeah, same principle. Um, so let's say, for example, you've got two hundred thousand pound in a pension, yeah, just using that just for a nice round number, you could loan a hundred thousand pound of that money back to your own business, yeah. What happens there is um, think about it as, as a closed loop system. Okay, you, you've got pension scheme, loaning money to business, businesses and services that loan. Yeah. Like it would do, you know, you've got a loan from a bank or a mortgage. mortgage. Yeah. 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 Um, there's a set of quite strict rules okay. that you've got to abide by yeah. to, to do that because HMRC deem it as a connected transaction. You know, you're loaning money from your pension scheme back to your business. Yeah. You've got to be able to evidence that what you're doing is, is all done at a fair, yeah. Yeah, fair market rate. So to do that, the rules are it's a maximum of 50%. Okay. okay. So you don't have to do the whole 50%. You know, you yeah. might have a deal where you only need 20%. Yeah. And then you're leaving yourself 30 for the yeah. next deal that might yeah. come along. Um, so just to clarify, so you can only loan 50% of your pension value? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 So whether that's in three loans of 15, 15, yeah. 20, or yeah. whether it's one loan of 50, okay. it's yeah, yep. a cumulative total. Um, 
that's where you know the, the, the kind of bits with your contributions or any rent that might be coming in. Yeah. That's building your pension pot further. Yeah. So it's 50% on the day that that loan's done. So if you do 50% today, but then in a year's time, you've either put some contributions in or you've had some growth or you've built up mm. you know, more of, of yeah. an allowance there. So, so your loan to value increases so you can then drag more out. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's constantly tested. Okay. Um, it's got to be a maximum of five years, Yeah. the term. Okay. But you can rebase and roll that over. So that could be built into the kind of refinance process if you were then to really just just as as you would if you were working with an angel investor. Yes. Yeah. 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 You can pay back early. You know, mm. you're you're loaning from yourself. Yeah. You know. The phrase I suppose is is be your own bank. Yeah. You know, you're 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 not then yeah. you're negotiating with yourself at that point. Yeah. So if you want to put early redemption charges in against yourself, <laughs> I don't know why you would, but you, you may want to. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there, there's nothing stopping you paying that back early um, or sort of keeping it for, for the whole five yeah. years. You, you've really got control, which is the, the key part of yeah. it, really. Um, maximum of five years. Um, it's got to be um, capital and interest. So it's got to be on a repayment okay. basis. Okay. Um, but the repayments can be yearly. Right. So um, say if you look to draw some out to um, cover your redevelopment costs yeah. for a project that you've got going on and you're thinking that you're going to re- redevelop, yeah. refinance in nine yeah. months, yeah. well, then it's effectively interest only. Yeah. Because if your plan is to pay that back at the end of the first yeah. year, yeah, you, you've covered yourself off yeah, there. Yeah. So it gives you that flexibility okay. as well as, yeah. you know, your repayments don't start straight away. Um, so that's great. Yeah. Uh, the interest rate... Um, which is, I suppose, at the moment, hot topic. <laughs> hot topic, yeah. yeah. Um, it's got to be at least one percent above base. Okay. Okay. Um, that you can be again. You can be quite clever with how you do that. Mm. Um, so you could do the one percent above base and sort of charge yourself relatively, mm. given where base rates are, relatively cheap finance. Yeah. Or the interest on those loan repayments are tax deductible. Okay. Um, so you could go the other way. Yeah. Within reason. Yeah. 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 Okay. So again, a great way of reducing your tax liability, putting more money in the pension. Yeah. So that next time when you come to do it, there's more money. In so there. if the deal can sustain it, as it were, then yeah. it might be a tax efficient way to, to actually look at it that way. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, and then the, the final one, which is the key one, really, and this is where... Um, a lot of them not come stuck, but where we yeah. probably have to be a bit creative with yeah. with, with how you would approach it. Um, it's got to be secured as a first charge. Okay. Now, for most property professionals, yeah, you know, most of your assets are going to have a mortgage on them. Yeah. And the mortgage lender's already got a first charge. Yeah. Okay. So, what alternatives have we got? To, to explore there what yeah. else could we could we look yeah. to take a charge over for security purposes yeah and again that's where choosing the right administrator and trustee of your pension scheme comes in okay because some will be very no it's got to be this right um you know it's got to be a commercial property yeah and then others will be okay well you could use a buy to let that maybe hasn't got mortgage security okay. or you could use uh, a charge over the company okay um or anywhere in between yeah. really um so again that, that that's really where it's key to okay. have the right uh, sort of strategy in place yeah. before looking to do this really so some will be more flexible with what sort of security they will accept yes okay yeah which again gives you more flexibility doesn't it yeah particularly yeah. if i guess you're looking at things like development finance and think for bigger projects ultimately it's going to be difficult to offer the pension scheme a, a, a first charge on the property yeah and no, we we see it a lot um you know it's it's a very common now yeah. and you know a lot of the time mortgage lenders if it's a commercial um it's commercial lending that they'll put a charge on the company as yeah. well um a little bit overkill yeah you know we, we had an example um a couple of months ago where um a bank had took uh let's say for round numbers that the, the security the mortgage was 150k okay the uh, property that the security was over was worth about 300k yeah but they'd also put a charge against the business okay and the business was worth about a million pound right so they had about 1.2 million pounds worth of security yeah. for a yeah. 150 grand worth yeah. of debt which 
Um, so little things like that just to be careful of. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the time people don't realise that lenders have actually done that. Yeah. I've spoken to many clients where they've gone, oh, I didn't I didn't know. realise there was a debenture on my whole portfolio. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so again, something just to be, be mindful of. But yeah. Even if there is, there, you know, there, there are things that we can sort of look at doing. And yeah. um, again, where it sort of boils down to personal circumstance. Yeah. Really. So this this might be a, a, a clear cut question. <laughs> um, you mentioned be your own bank. Yes. So can your pension loan to somebody else? Yes. Good okay. question. Yeah. Um, absolutely it can. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what we spoke about there is yeah. loaning back to yourself. Yeah. Okay. You can loan to a third party. Okay. Yeah. So in a sense, your pension could be an angel investor. Yeah. Um, the rules surrounding those loans are a lot more flexible. Okay. Because it's uh, a third party transaction. Yeah. It's open market. Yeah. You're free to negotiate terms. There. Yeah. So all of those rules that I've just gone through for learning back to yourself yeah. don't apply because they will assume that you've come to an agreement that both parties are happy with whereas if it's yourself it needs more scrutiny because you could be manipulating it yeah exactly okay yeah yeah so um technically there, there is no limit on the amount that you could do you could do up to 100 percent of your pension okay um there doesn't need to be security yeah um you can set whatever repayment terms you, yeah. you want now you probably won't want to do 100% of your pension. Yeah. You probably will want security. Yeah. Uh, and again, that's where your trustees, you know, different trustees will have different appetite for, yeah. you know, much like a mortgage broker would do. They'll assess it based on sort of risk, really. Yeah. So if it is secured, um, if, uh, if you know, it's not for 100% of your pension, then they will take sort of a much more lenient view. Yeah on it but absolutely yeah so so you could almost find yourself in a position where you've loaned 50 percent of your pension funds back to yourself and then you're sat there thinking well i've got another 50 percent of my yeah. pension funds what, what, what do i do I do that now you could you know you could put it in a stocks and shares portfolio okay absolutely you know nothing wrong with that yeah you might not want to because of market volatility yeah. you might think well i'd rather have a bit more control so then with the other 50 percent, you could buy a commercial property you could um, loan some of that money out. You could do all of those things. Yeah. You could just do one of them. Yeah. Um, so you could be in a position where you've effectively loaned out 100% of your pension fund. Yeah. Um, you, know, you may or may not want to, but yeah. the, the option would be there. You know, if, if you've got a, a, someone approaching you saying, I'm looking for some redevelopment finance, um, have you got any spare capital? Mm. And you're looking at your pension fund just sat there thinking, well, it's not really doing much with you know, yeah. Nest or whoever it's with. It's a great opportunity to to put that to use and you know help help another yeah. investor on their way on the journey. So I can see you having two different types of conversations with investors. Then there'll be investors coming to you looking to make a particular purchase mm. and saying, right, John, how how can I do this? You know, what's yeah. the best way for me to proceed on this one? Versus maybe actually sitting down with an investor, looking at what they've got looking at what their pension situation is and actually strategizing around that and thinking, well, this might be the best use. This is how, you know, what are your goals and how can your pension scheme effectively support where you're trying to head? Yeah. So do you have those kind of strategy conversations with investors? Yeah, I, I think that's definitely the place to start. Okay. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Unless you have got um, a deal that's come across your desk yeah. that you are 100% said, well, I need the capital for this. Yeah. Because um, that happens. You, yeah. know, you, you may have gone to an auction and there may be a property that you've seen that yeah. is too good to turn down or yeah, yeah. you know something off market might have come across your desk. You think, well, I need to act quickly on this. But if not, then yeah, it's a case of saying, well, where are we? So what pensions have you got at the moment? Yeah. Let's firstly assess that. So let's have a look at where you've worked in the past. Because you may not even know that you saved into a pension. Yeah. You know, a yeah. lot of people don't yeah. really. And like I say, that statement comes through, it goes straight in the drawer. Yeah. And, um, so firstly, let's have a look. Can we find any hidden pensions? Yeah. You know, uh, and a lot of that is trial and error. You know, I worked here at this date. You know, let's write to them. Have we got any pension with yeah. you? Um, 
we can take that burden from you because okay. people are you know busy yeah. leading their own lives yeah. they, they don't want to be sat on hold for an hour yeah. to, <laughs> to their insurance provider um let's assess that and then let's say okay well where do we sit at the moment have yeah. you got any deals in place in the next 12 months what's your plan have you got any redevelopments have you got any where where you might need finance uh, have you got any items in the pipeline yeah okay well if not then okay well what else can we do with the capital yeah do you know anyone has anyone you know in the network if they come to you and says well and you know want to get some financing i don't really want to go down the the traditional routes yeah you know let's have a chat let's have a conversation because people deal with people mm. and, and you know if you can have a sit down conversation look someone in the eye yeah which you know you go to the bank it's computer says yeah. no isn't it yeah, yeah. Uh, it it's great because it's it's that human sort of interaction to it as well yeah. it's um but yes yeah, so, so absolutely that's what generally we would sit down with someone and do and and sort of plan it out any like risks and pitfalls that people need to be aware of because i'd imagine this has got a lot of people's juices going and thinking <laughs> oh i've got that pot and i wonder if i can do x y and z but anything we need to be aware of from a risk point of view yes i mean you've got your usual property risks yeah you know if you buy a commercial property and the tenant you know doesn't pay your rent yeah that's that's your usual yeah yeah um you from the loan back side that's where the the, the rules come in to sort of kind of negate that mm. a bit because there's the security in place yeah you know you, you're only allowed to do 50 percent of your pension yeah so it, by design it's yeah. designed to protect both you and yeah. the pension scheme it's a bit of a, a bit of wriggle room yes yeah yeah um loans to a third party is, is probably the one where there is probably the most yeah risk yeah but that's where you would have your conversations around your security. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where you would make sure that that's sort of ironclad and, yeah. and you, you know, you would do your due diligence. Yeah, yeah. Much like you would do on any deal that you were yeah. going to do, you'd sit down and do your due diligence yeah. first. Um, so, yeah, just, just be mindful. Uh, but again, I suppose putting the plug out there, and that's where, you know, someone like myself would come in, you know, someone would approach me with a deal, we'd kind of go through the pros yeah. and cons of it and say, well, okay, yeah, that looks great, but have you thought about this? You know, yeah. A bit of devil's advocate. Um, but I suppose it's just being sensible, yeah. really. You, you know, if um, if there's a deal to be done there, there's a, there's a deal to be done, isn't there? What about exits? I mean, there's one obvious exit that, that jumps to mind when we're talking <laughs> yeah. about pensions. Yeah. But what about exits and how assets owned by pensions can be disposed of what what do we need to be aware of there so it depends what what the plan is yeah so if your plan is to uh, buy and hold yeah um, so you're buying an office through your pension and your intention is to never yeah. sell it okay well the obvious exit that you mentioned there is, is death yeah you know, putting it morbidly yeah we've got to be blunt about it it's, <laughs> it's going to happen at some point um what happens to that property yeah okay so pensions fall outside of your estate for inheritance tax purposes okay. so that asset doesn't form part of your okay. overall wealth yeah so from that perspective it's brilliant yeah um so what would happen there is when you set up a pension you would nominate a beneficiary yeah a bit like a will for a pension okay okay um it can be updated at any time it's yeah. not set in stone you know it could be changed but you would say in the event of my untimely passing yeah this is who i want to inherit my pension yeah and then they would have the option then of either keeping the property as is yeah um selling the property within the pension um or you know sell half it sell some of it etc okay. um within a pension say if you're intentioned to buy a property and then in five years time you think oh actually i could do with the capital yeah. i want to sell it that process works exactly the same way as it would do if you were just to buy and flip a property normally. Yeah. You, know, you go through the same legals, the same channels. Nothing is different except you've got this extra layer where it's mm. a pension scheme, but fundamentally it works exactly the same way. The great thing, again, about pensions is there's no tax on any growth in a pension scheme. Yeah. So you buy a property for 100K, you sell it for 150. That's just 50K's worth of pure profit within the pension. Yeah. Um, so that there, there is no no capital gains tax. Okay. Um, if you, um, let's say uh, you're doing the loan 
Okay. Um, the exit there would be determined by the terms that you yeah. negotiate. Um, so, you know, you, you may negotiate a break. You may mm. negotiate an early redemption charge. You, yeah. you, you may, you know, it's, it's, it's up to, to the conversations yeah. that you have really yeah, there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the, the main ones are sort of selling or death. Mm. Um, and you know, it's outside of inheritance. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's tax free. Great. Um, the downside, I suppose, putting you know a, a, an equal split on it is, it's a property. Yeah. So you know, depending on where the market was, if you own yeah. a commercial property at that point. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Well, we've covered a lot of ground there. Yeah. Just to sort of wrap it all up, as it were, yeah. what would you suggest as next steps for somebody? So people listening to this who um, have probably got a few light bulbs going off now, yeah. I would imagine, thinking, yeah. oh, I need to have a think about that and I need to get my, I've got to get into that drawer and find my paperwork. What would you suggest as next steps for people to sort of get their ducks in a row? Sure. Is there some homework they need to do before they come and speak to you first or yeah. should they just pick up the phone and have a conversation? What would you suggest? Oh, we love giving people homework. <laughs> <Bet. laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say it's a case of, First step is let's kind of ascertain where yeah. you are at the moment with yeah. your pensions and on your pension journey. Um, so that's having a look at you know, what pensions you've already got. If you're not sure what you may or may not have, it's a list of where you worked. Yeah. Uh, and then it's a case of kind of working from there. Yeah. Um, once we've got that and once we know where you're at, it's then a chat about sort of objectives. Yeah. Um, and it's to say, well, this is what I want to achieve. And then it's just really a case of having a conversation to say, well, this is kind of where I'm at. I'm at A. Yeah. I want to get to B. Yeah. Um, how do I get there? Yeah. Now, it may be that we can go straight from A to B. It may be that we have to go to A to Z yeah. and then back to B. Yeah. But um, it, it's just really, yeah, pick up the phone, drop us an email, um, go through that drawer. Yeah. Yeah. Those letters that you've probably not opened. Uh, so like most things in property, it start with the end in mind and yes. then plan backwards and start to create a strategy around that definitely so yeah perfect yeah i'll um i'll give you an example of yeah. um sort of a, a classic example of yeah uh, of what we've done in the past with, yeah. with someone um they didn't realize that they had a pension yeah okay so um they used to work for a, for a company back in it was 1986 i think it was um, Sears, the old shoe. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, and we said, oh, we'll, just, we'll just ask, you know, we'll find out. You might have something there. Turns out they had about 86 grand. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice surprise. It, it was a very nice one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it doesn't happen that often, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, it, but it's always worth asking. Yeah. Um, and then what, what we've done there, because they were, were in property. Yeah. Um, we turned that 86,000 into buying almost 300,000 pounds worth of property. Wow. Yeah. Um, so briefly, I'll, I'll run you through yeah, sort of how that... Yeah, people's attention now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so within a pension, okay, so one thing that we, we didn't kind of cover off is you can leverage your pension scheme as well. Yeah. So you can um, leverage a pension up to 50% of its okay. value. Okay. So for the purposes of this, let's round that 86 up to 100. Yeah. Because... You know, 46,000, 43,000, isn't easy it? Maths. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 50,000 is a lot easier to do. Yeah. Um, you could leverage your pension by 50%. Yeah. So you could basically borrow 50,000 pounds. Right. Give you 100. Against the like, pension. Yeah. 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 Give yourself 150,000 pounds to play with. Yeah. Okay. So what this uh, particular person had was um, a shop on top. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a shop at the bottom, four flats above. Yeah. Yeah. We did the leverage, so we had £150,000 yeah. in the pension from the 100 k that we'd found. Yeah. yeah. They did the uh, 50% loan back. Yeah. Now, the key bit there is that's 50% of your original 100 Okay. k So 50 k loan. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't borrow to borrow. Borrow against the debt. Yeah. 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 Um, that 50 k um, that we've loaned back. Yeah. That was used as the deposit for the business to use to buy the flats. Okay. Um, so that 50K gives you 25% yeah. deposit, let's say. Yeah. Business gets 75% mortgage. Yeah. 
We've then used the 100K that's yeah. left to buy the commercial unit. Yeah. Um, they moved their business into it. Yeah. Um, so they're now getting the rent yeah. from the business yeah. into their pension. Yeah. Um, but then they've also had the added bonus where they've used the money from the pension as the deposit to buy the flats, yeah. which then draws the rent into the business, yeah. which covers the rent and the loan repayments. Yeah. So both capital pots are essentially protected, if you like, as well, still there, yeah. um, invested in, in property, but then they're generating income, topping it up as they go, plus ticked a lot of business boxes along the way as well. Yeah. That's so clever. With That's money really they didn't even know they had. With money they didn't know they had. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? People are really going through their drawers <laughs> now at this point, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, no, that's brilliant. And um, I mean, I know you and I have had um, more than a couple of conversations on this sort of topic. And uh, even now it still blows my mind <laughs> when, when I hear you talk through these things again. And I think the overall message to people is... Um, is, is is to get in touch and uh, as early as possible and start to work out how you might be able to be more efficient in the use of your pension and different ways that it could be used for you, basically. Definitely, yeah, yeah. It's um, Don't just look at it as trapped capital. Yes, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. And I think, well, that's actually a good message to end on because I think which we're, we're indoctrinated into thinking, I've got a pension and I can't touch that yeah. until whatever the pension age is now, I lose track. Um, but I can't get access to that. Whereas actually what we're saying here is there is an opportunity sat there potentially underutilised that you could be using to move your portfolio forwards. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. John, thank you so much for your, yeah. your time and expertise. That's been absolutely brilliant. Pleasure. No, thank you for having me. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please don't forget to like and follow to make sure that you never miss a release. And if you're interested in finding out more about the NetGain Club, please head on over to our website, netgainclub.com, to find out all about our membership benefits and the events that we've got coming up. I got high hopes